When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Five minutes after five o'clock as we get rolling on a Wednesday morning. How are you doing? Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee. Glad to be here to welcome you. Tell you what, some of the things we're discussing between now and six o'clock. How do you take care of your animals if there's no veterinarian in your area or no veterinarian that's available? COVID-19 has changed a lot of business models and you can understand if veterinarians want to think twice about getting in a vehicle and taking off for a farm down the road. Every pig tries to give farms that healthcare access for their animals that they need, but doing it through telemedicine. We're talking about that before 6 o'clock. We're also focused in on what's happening with spring planting. You're focused in on do I have the fuel, do I have the seed, do I have the employees to get things done? But even farmers that are excited to rush to the fields have to slow down and think about COVID-19 and staying safe. That's one of our messages after 5.30. Well, weather-wise, the message today is still pretty nice. Not quite as warm as yesterday, but still pretty nice. We'll look for a daytime high today right around 62. The unfortunate part about trying to get to that field, we've got an 80% chance of rain today as well. Tomorrow, we cool down quite a little bit. 43 are expected high on Thursday. On Friday, sunshine, but only a high of 48. So typical Wisconsin erratic spring weather. Talking weather with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in about 15 minutes. Recently, I moved to Wisconsin, and I decided that it was time to change up my insurance. And after a bit of searching, it was pretty obvious that I needed to go with Rural Mutual Insurance. This is Josh Gramlin from the Midwest Farm Report. Not only did I want a great rate and even better coverage, but I wanted a Wisconsin-based insurance company that protects and supports our Wisconsin farmers and agribusiness community. To find out what Rural Mutual can do for you, do what I did and go to RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, again, we're nonstop coverage trying to keep you up to speed on what's happening on Wisconsin farms in light of COVID-19 and the bigger picture. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, Bob, that's what we really have to continue to get our arms around. This is not just a Wisconsin issue when it comes to dumping milk or strain on our dairy processors and empty shelves. This is not just a a Wisconsin problem. It's a national problem. It's a worldwide problem. No question about it, but obviously we know how important dairy is to Wisconsin's economy, and uh, the industry is uh, in a state of flux right now. What do we do with this milk? But again, it is a national problem. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, I had a chance to talk to Jim Mulhern, who is a Wisconsin native, and he's the president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation out in the Washington, D.C. area. Kind of a, a clearinghouse at this time for the dairy industry. We talked to him about this uh, current milk situation, processor situation, and how National Milk is helping coordinate and what they're doing to try and make sure the industry is all working from the same prayer book. Well, keeping in close touch, Bob, but uh, not doing it uh, very, not in a, in a uh, human interaction or a direct sense. Um, our staff is 
like most of the country, working remotely, working from home, um, working overtime, I will say, uh, to try to address these issues that are uh, confronting the industry and the entire food community. Um, we're getting um, uh, a lot of uh, traction on ideas and approaches, uh, working closely with uh, the federal government on a number of, of areas. But it's been a challenge. Um, I'm talking to the staff you know, throughout the day. We're doing uh, conference calls, webinars, um, uh, uh, video uh, conferences. So staying in touch. But uh, all of this situation, we're in the same boat the rest of the country as it's a challenge to uh, uh, to deal with uh, the coronavirus situation. Well, let's talk about some of the potential opportunities or ideas to keep the dairy industry afloat, let alone profitable. What are some of the things you're working with, and, and what are the challenges out there that you're seeing around the country as far as marketing and keeping these dairy plants operating? Let me talk first, Bob, about the challenges that we're facing around the country, and uh, they are considerable. So in the short term, we've seen a rise in retail demand for milk and dairy products. That's been fantastic. You know, fluid milk was flying off the shelves the first two weeks uh, as people got to the grocery store, got as much as they could. Uh, Cheese selling very well, butter, everything was moving the first two weeks. Um, I do think that retail sales are going to remain above year-over-year levels the same week in the previous year for some time because more people are at home, they're eating more at home. So the retail sales have actually been pretty good. What has fallen off the cliff has been food service, and that is a very, very important part of our business. You know, fully 60% of the butter sold in this country is not sold at retail. It's sold at what we call away from home. It's for food service, institutional, bakery, you know, food manufacturing, Huge, huge drop in sales in that area, both for butter, cheese, and other dairy products. So where this will all net out, um, the net will probably be uh, a decrease in dairy sales total uh, because the food service loss will offset, is expected to offset the retail increase, and that's the challenge we have. So you've got a lot of dairy plants around the country that work uh, supply the food service trade. They are closing their operations. They're cutting um, their output. And when they cut their output, they cut their demand for milk. That's creating problems across the supply chain as, as plants are just cutting back the amount of milk they're processing. And we're geared to trying to get that milk processed every day. If you don't have a home for it, you've got to do something with it. And that's one of the huge challenges we're facing right now in every part of the country. And as far as uh, what the co-ops are trying to do and, you know, to keep farmers afloat is the the bottom line that we all want to do here. But as we look at the, you know, with the food service, as you said, the demand is, you know, literally not there anymore. But are these drastic price drops that we're seeing for class three milk, we're seeing for butter, we're seeing for cheese prices. Are they matching that lower demand, or is it panic-type pricing right now? Well, it's hard to sort all that out, and it, you see these markets move based on, on orders, right? It's if, if people aren't um, buying, um, that's what keeps, you know, that's what drives market prices down. You make an offer, if nobody covers that offer, then the price goes down to the level that you find someone to make a buy. So the the market impact is real. Milk prices certainly are dropping. Demand for milk across the country is down uh, on on you know on total. 
because of those shifts that we're talking about within retail and food service. So we are looking at a much worse year for 2020 than, than certainly anybody expected as we came into this year. As you know and all your listeners know, Bob, this was going to be the first year in the last five that we looked to have better milk prices. Those forecasts from, you know, from late last year have now turned around and that the, the uh, dairy margin coverage program, the government's program to provide support to producers, um, when we started the year, it looked like the, the forecast for 2020 was the margin, the, which is the income over the over feed costs. The margin was supposed to be above the highest level that you could buy coverage under the program. $9.50 is now the highest level of coverage you can get. And the forecasts from USDA were that the margin was never going to drop below that 950 level. So a lot of producers decided not to buy the program this year. Well, that was a huge mistake because now you look at it today and USDA is forecasting under that decision tool they have as part of the dairy margin coverage program, they're forecasting that the margin will be under 950 for every month from March through the end of the year. And in June, I think the margin goes down as low as about uh, $6.25 or something. So that is going to be a a really big impact uh, on producers. That shift is is part of the real losses that we're seeing. So trying to address this um, downward pressure on, on milk prices and the excess milk are two of the key areas that we're focused on right now from a policy perspective. And from a policy perspective, Jim, being the fact that we've got social distancing and the world isn't what we're used to, how are you lobbying Congress? Is there any way to reopen the margin protection program? Is there any way to protect farmers who are being asked by their co-ops to dispose of their milk, to cull their herds, to just produce less milk, to ship it to digesters, whatever. What What's your outlook for that? Well, that's the focus right now, Bob, and that's the effort that we're engaged in. In fact, in about uh, 20 minutes, I'll have a call with uh, Secretary Purdue's um, office to talk about some of these um, these proposals. We have asked USDA to do a number of things. Uh, number one, we have asked them to open the dairy margin coverage program. Uh, there were, unfortunately, about half the people, more than half the people who signed up in 2020 did not sign up for 20, or signed up rather in 2019, did not sign up when the, the deadline came and went at the end of December. Uh, more than half the people who were in the program last year did not sign up for this year. That was a mistake, clearly, now when they see where we're going to be. So we're asking USDA to open the dairy margin coverage program let people get into the program to, to get coverage for this year. That's not something we want to see all the time because that moral hazard, if you will, um, these programs are like an insurance. You're supposed to buy the program not because you think your house is going to burn down, but because if it does, you've got coverage. So we need to deal with that problem going forward. But right now in this crisis, we need to get the program open to let people sign up and get in there and get the coverage for this year. That's one of the things we're asking. Another area is to help offset this decline in food service sales, we're asking the government to step in and buy dairy products, take them off the market, and provide them to food banks. One of the things we're seeing with all of the, you know, the closing of, of not only restaurants and, and food service, but also shops all across the country, the unemployment in this country is, is going to the roof. Uh, we've been at one of the lowest levels of unemployment um, in recent history, 
We're about 3.5% unemployment. That is projected to go up 10% into double digits, perhaps. A lot of people are going to be out of work and need, uh, need food assistance. So our proposal to USDA is to buy dairy products, get them into the food bank system so people have access to healthy, nutritious, wholesome milk and dairy products. The third area is this issue of, of milk disposal. We're going to have too much milk, more than we can handle, with plants closing, People are canceling orders. Processors are canceling milk orders. Milk is selling well under class price right now at, you know, on tanker loads. Um, that is a real problem. So we're asking USDA to step in and help cover the cost of milk that has to be disposed because of either supply chain interruptions, you know, the, the, the milk truck can't get to the farm to pick it up because the hauler is, you know, is sick or at the processing plant. They may, you know, they could be cutting back staff if people are getting sick there. Or the, the other thing we've been talking about here, lack of sales. If they're not selling your product, a lot of companies are decided not to make the product. They're canceling those, those milk orders. So we're going to have too much milk this spring. Dealing with that problem, trying to keep producers whole, trying to cover the cost of, of that disposal is the third area that we're focused on. Also looking at nutrition programs, provide more assistance there. But those are the key areas of focus we have to try to help bridge through this very, very challenging situation in the marketplace and, and throughout the country. At this point in time, and Jim, of course, we've got some, some new trade agreements. Can we export ourselves into a little better situation? Well, that's part of the problem, too, Bob, because this is not just a U.S. situation. I think your opening comments hit upon that. It's a worldwide situation. So while we started the year in with very strong export numbers, January was one of the highest percentages of, of exports that we've had. Um, February was a good month, and that's dropped off the cliff here in March. Um, and as we now we're into uh, on the 1st of April, um, haven't seen numbers for March yet, but we know from talking to traders um, that the export volumes are down. And it's expected that they're going to be down for quite some time. So that, that avenue, that outlet, um, is not going to be there as much as it has been in the past. Another reason we've got to deal with this situation domestically because we're not going to, in the short term, not going to have um, as robust of export markets as uh, as we're going to need. Challenges continue for dairy and the rest of agriculture. Jim Mulhern, President and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to Middleton Farmers Cooperative, powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the surrounding community with two Cenex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering VitaPlus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. No fee memberships. Visit Pleasant View Road, University Avenue, Middleton, or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center on Pleasant View Road during April, where diamond solar salt and salt pellets for your softener are buy five and get one free. Buy five, get one free. Stock up now and check out your local Do It Best Center. Be our neighbor. No membership fee. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. 
As our community deals with the current situation, Midwest Family Madison is committed to keeping you informed. Here's a few updates that we've received from local businesses and service providers. Bar Corlini, a locally owned classic Italian restaurant on Madison's east side offering handmade pasta and wood-fired pizza. Authentic Italian right in your own neighborhood. BarCorlini.com Green Owl Wellness, a local producer of CBD products, will continue to ship products via the USPS. Go to GreenOwlWellness.com The Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg has curbside pickup and DoorDash delivery. The limited menu is available on their website, but always includes Friday night fish fry and Saturday and Sunday prime rib. ThirstyGoatBrew.com If you have an update to add, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com, leave a message, and we'll get the word out. The best way to prevent the spread of disease is to avoid being exposed in the first place. If you have to sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow and make it less likely for your germs to be transferred to others. For more information about coronavirus and how our community is responding, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Almost 522 now on a Wednesday morning. Time to catch up with Stu Mucker, ag meteorologist, on what's shaking with the weather. I can't, I can't tell what's happening with the weather. It's pretty foggy out there this morning. It is foggy, that fog kind of hanging around, but I could still see that super moon peeking through when I looked out to the western skyline this morning. I'm sure you've seen it if you've been up. It was a very big, big moon, but we do have to talk about precipitation as well. I guess the moon is all well and good, but it fronts off to our south, and we are talking about a precipitation chance today. Scattered light rain extending east from South Dakota to southern Minnesota. We'll move into Wisconsin less than a tenth of an inch, And then it gets colder as we head to the end of the week. Oh boy. I love the forecast right after this. Compere Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation. And our support continues today. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help. To learn more, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compere.com today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast. All right, the dense fog this morning, the dense fog advisory till 9 for all of, oh, about the southern two-thirds of Wisconsin. After that fog lifts out, I'd still expect a mostly cloudy day and look for a little rain this afternoon, less than a tenth of an inch. Mid-60s in the east and south, low 60s in the west. The northwest winds developing around 5 to 15. Still a possibility of rain early, otherwise a cloudy start tonight, clearing a bit late, and we drop to the lower 30s. The northwest winds at 5 to 15. The clouds redevelop Thursday with some chance of light rain, even snowflakes developing in the afternoon. Only in the very low 40s tomorrow, northwest winds 10 to 20 will even gust near 35. And then come Friday, Pam, mostly sunny, mid-40s at least for highs and not too strong of a wind. But another chance of a little rain or some snowflakes a bit later Saturday. Some rain chance lingers to early next week. Crazy. Rain, snow, we, it's a coin toss in Wisconsin. You're right.
Yeah, and it just stays damp. We need it to dry. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy, we'll catch you tomorrow. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist with weather details. Lacrosse, you're starting out like everybody. Fog and 45. Moston, fog and currently 43 degrees. Fond du Lac, fog and 45. Beaverdam, fog and 45. At the airport in Madison, fog and 46 degrees. Clearing up the fog after 5.30 on what farmers are doing to keep themselves healthy during the COVID-19 watch. Stick around. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. As our community deals with the current situation, Midwest Family Madison is committed to keeping you informed. Here's a few updates that we've received from local businesses and service providers. Did you know St. Vincent de Paul supports programs like Dane County's largest food pantry? They're serving record numbers. You can help with a monetary donation at svdpmadison.org slash donate. Pizza Pit Extreme, Athens Zero's downtown on Monroe Street, is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, weekends 11 to 11, for delivery or carryout. PizzaExtremes.com. Is your home as clean as you want? Zero Res Madison is cleaning homes and businesses. Whether for comfort or health, Zero Res is here to help. Go to ZeroResMadison.com. If you have an update to add, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. Leave a message and we'll get the word out. The best way to prevent the spread of disease is to avoid being exposed in the first place. If you have to sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow and make it less likely for your germs to be transferred to others. For more information about coronavirus and how our community is responding, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. When you cool your home with an Infinity system from Carrier, you can rest easy knowing that you're providing the right choice in comfort and energy efficiency for your family. With a parts-limited warranty of up to 10 years and SEER ratings of up to 21, Carrier systems offer reliable solutions to your family's home cooling needs. For greater comfort and peace of mind, turn to the experts at Carrier. Call your local Carrier dealer, Modern Heating and Cooling in Black Earth, or Kirk Schleekow Heating and Cooling in Baraboo. What happens in the kitchen should stay in the kitchen. There shouldn't be sawdust and raw materials all over the house if that's the only room getting remodeled. Some contractors understand that. And some make sure kitchen remodel stays in the kitchen from beginning to end. That's all good. Edge Construction can do a kitchen remodel in as little as 10 days. Check out their work at edgeconstructioncompany.com. See how amazing work can be done in less time. It's true. edgeconstructioncompany.com. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Now is the time to update that old policy. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Signs by Tomorrow is open and delivering at their door or to your location. Safety signs, staff and visitor health signs, custom signs. Give your staff and visitors the information they need to minimize health risks. Show your customers where to pick up and drop off. Signs by Tomorrow can produce signs to post on your doors, windows, and throughout your facility. Stand up curb signage, door banners, and vehicle wraps. Visit signsbytomorrow.com slash Madison. Allow them to help you with your message. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. 
in that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move to free out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of Battles Won. Everyone has a bucket list. I just changed mine. When the time comes, I just want to be at home in my own PJs, not in a gown that lets in the breeze. I want my family there and people who care how I live, not just how long. Care on my terms. A Grace gave my dad that kind of care, and now I know when I need it. A Grace will help. A Grace Hospice and Palliative Care. Just call. A Grace will help. Educated Mortgage is where this way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. Interest rates have recently dropped. Now's a great time to take a look at refinancing to see how much we can lower your payment. We're routinely saving our clients hundreds of dollars a month. Contact Educated Mortgage today and let's get the conversation started. Educated Mortgage is where this way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. And at my last number, 222-652. Fight Island. This is epic. The UFC is like the one last holdout when it comes to professional sports. Nelly, what's the UFC event that's upcoming? UFC 249 will be April 18th, and it's going to be somewhere on planet effing Earth. So UFC 249. been narrowed down to the West Coast now. 249. Dana White, the president of of UFC, has come out to say that he will go on with UFC 249, and he's calling all these journalists that try to bring him down a bunch of idiots, essentially. He won't tell anyone where it's going to be, but as RJ just said, they've they've whittled it down to the West Coast, correct? So 249 is going to go on. Is is um is Khabib fighting in it? Who's, no. No. Khabib is not. He didn't he's, get the pardon he, from Putin? Nope. He's under quarantine in Russia. So does the winner of this get Khabib then? It, well, yeah. now they brought Interim in. Interim title. Yeah. Justin Gaethje will now step in and fight Tony Ferguson. It'll be for an interim belt, and then the winner will most likely fight Khabib this late summer, early fall. So Dana White has vowed that UFC 24... 249 will go on as planned. And despite, Pretty decent card, Despite uh, yeah. travel restrictions and limitations on large gatherings, whatever, he says it's going to go down. All right, so that's pretty Greg cool. Greg Hardy's on it. <laughs> Greg Hardy's a scumbag. He is. He's I'd like on to the see card, it, though. I'd like to see him get his ass beat. But he did last time. Yeah. They so, put him up against somebody who's decent, and he got his butt kicked. Uh, they'll probably put him up a I – don't, I don't know who he's fighting, but and it – if it's not a name, he'll win. Uh, Unless he knees him in the head like he did. Was it a couple of fights ago he got DQ'd? Oh, well, he got DQ'd because the guys... Uh, Didn't he like knee him in the head when he, couldn't have, he shouldn't have done that? Yeah, it was an illegal knee. Yeah, and I think he did it twice. Sounds about so right. So he got tossed. And then his last fight he got knocked. Good. All right, so anyways, <laughs> UFC 249 is going to go on. But this is where UFC 250 could get wild. Dana White, in an interview with TMZ, was it yesterday, said, quote, I am a day or two away 
from securing a private island. I have a private island that I've secured. We're getting the infrastructure put in now. So I'm going to start doing the international flights too with international fighters because I won't be able to get international fighters into the U.S. I have a private island that I'm going to start flying them all in and doing fights from there. So as of April 18th, the UFC is back up and running. Dana White has bought himself his own island and will have UFC events on it. No one knows where the island is, but Dana White has bought an island. They're installing infrastructure, and they will be having UFC events on Dana White's private fight island. Yeah, and he said basically to be looking for fights every single weekend after UFC 249, which is April 18th. So UFC 249 is going to go on somewhere. Dana White hasn't said where. RJ, you said you heard it was the West Coast somewhere? Um, Yeah, this uh, on the 18th is somewhere on the West Coast. They have not, they're not letting the location be known so people don't flock to it. Yes, and because he doesn't also want the journalist. What do you say about the journalist, Nelson? Call him uh, a bunch of scumbags. Effing scumbags. There was a lot of profanity. And he's not wrong. So UFC twenty four or two UFC two forty nine takes place wherever it's gonna take place. And Dana White says they're gonna do extreme measures to ensure that the company can truck along while other sporting organizations have gone into full shutdown mode. But after that, you could have a fight almost every weekend on Dana White's private private fight, fight island. island. And dude, the best part about this is the fact that he goes, yeah, and if any other pandemic-type thing comes up like this, we're going to have an insurance policy. Fight Island. <laughs> yeah, so he's preparing not only because he wants and to the, screw yeah. over the journalists, he wants to have you know security when it comes to his own uh, infrastructure and his own arena, and if there is another pandemic, if this is going to be the new norm where we got to fight some some freaking virus, Dana White is going to ensure that UFC can still go on by having Fight Island, wherever the hell it is. Incredible. So I assume there's going to be no crowds It's got to be like in the Caribbean, doesn't it? Has to be. Ooh. This is like like the second best version of like a island party right behind Firefest. Firefest. (laughs) Except for this one's actually real. And then it's going to go on. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, here we are, 535 now on a Wednesday morning. Get ready for today. 62 are expected high with rain. Tomorrow, though, a little bit of a shock, back down to 43 degrees. But now you know. See, that's what I'm around for. I'm Pam Yonke, by the way. Thanks for joining us. Did you know on this date, back in 1905, the first high school basketball tournament was held? It was in Fond du Lac, uh, and it was the Lawrence College Invitational. And it wasn't just the first high school basketball tournament for Wisconsin, but the first high school basketball tournament in the United States. How about that? On this date in 2005, over 4 million people paid their last respects to Pope John Paul II, considered one of the most immensely popular popes they've ever seen on this date in 2005. And on this date... In 1979, the final episode of All in the Family aired. Hands in the air, if you remember, Archie Bunker, Edith, Meathead, Gloria, All in the Family, final episode, aired on this date in 1979. And now you know. Now, 
From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. As more and more farmers get excited about heading to the fields for spring planting, maybe you better tap the brakes and think a little bit about what you're doing to protect yourself, to protect your employees with COVID-19. Josh Scramlin's got more. Hey, good morning to you, Pam. And as we all know, the coronavirus pandemic has seemingly affected all aspects of our lives. But did you know that it's even affecting how meteorologists predict the weather? It's true. The ongoing coronavirus pandemic is even affecting the weather in a way. More specifically, it's hampering forecasters' ability to accurately predict the weather. Eric Snodgrass, chief atmospheric scientist with Nutrien Ag Solutions, explains that the substantial reduction in air traffic means less data for weather experts to work with. So back on March 5th, from the aircraft flying all over the world, we were making daily around 900,000 separate observations from airplanes of weather variables. Many of them were in the crucial parts of the jet stream where the aircraft fly, especially over the open Pacific and over the open Atlantic, where we don't have any data other than satellite data or buoy data. Well, since the reduction in, in global air travel and the massive reduction in intercontinental flights, we are now down under 400,000 observations a day. So just imagine if you cut you know, your, your total global observations by more than half. Well, we've kind of lost some of our ability to have a better handle on some of the longer-term stuff. According to Snodgrass, the models used to forecast beyond a 10-day time period are struggling with the lack of data. Oh, the models, every single day, they flip-flop. You get a new forecast for anything beyond about day 10, and it's maddening because you'll, you'll, you'll see a forecast and you'll see why the models are shaping it that way, and you'll say, well, based upon current observations, that is a plausible scenario. But then when the observations change the next day, all of a sudden you get a, a new solution. And so that's what it's really manifested itself. When it comes to forecasting, that's that's the issue. A lot of flipping and flopping in the forecast. In order to work around the sudden lack of data, forecasters are looking to past methods less reliant on the models. However, Snodgrass says they may not be quite as exact in their predictions. You know, it's pushed our limits on what we are capable of seeing. In other words, before numerical weather prediction, predicting the weather beyond just a couple of days was nearly impossible. Well, with some limitations now being put into place on the accuracy of numerical weather prediction, you know, it's making me uh, a better meteorologist, make me make more fundamental decisions about the weather. What they are is they're not accurate. In other words, I'm not going to be able to say, oh, you know, in week two, central Illinois is going to get three quarters of an inch of rain. I'm going to have to just be able to say, hey, week two looks wet because the pattern looks like this. So we don't give you the numbers, but we can at least give you the ideas behind the weather. The timing of these less accurate forecasts comes as operations across the Midwest begin the spring planting season. That means farmers may want to watch the daily forecasts even more than usual or even listen to our very own ag meteorologist Stu Muck right here on the Midwest Farm Report. And staying on the topic of planting, Wisconsin's farm families are urged to adjust their operations to minimize the risk of spreading coronavirus coronavirus on the farm. That message is coming from agronomist Todd Lawrence. He says with the virus able to live on surfaces for days, minimizing contact in commonly used areas, including the tractor cab, is essential. The steering wheels, the grab handles, the knobs and controls themselves. So you really need to make hand washing stations easily available before and after use of equipment. You need to have those tissues or antibacterial wipes. If you've got nitrile gloves, that can keep you a little safer as well. And also paper towels, even in common areas. So those common areas would be the tractors, the trucks, the machine sheds, the bathrooms, having those sanitizers easily available. 
Lawrence adds that if limiting equipment access isn't possible on your operation, then areas where different people come in contact will need additional cleaning and disinfecting. If you have several workers on the farm, you may use the same equipment, tractors, forklifts, or four-wheelers and trucks even. Typically, one person hops off and another one hops on, which allows for adding a new set of germs to the equipment. So the question comes down to a strategy and, and thinking through things. Can we limit the use of a piece of equipment to one person? Sometimes that's impractical, but I think we need to make those kind of considerations. And he says farmers should consider arranging for contactless deliveries of their seed, feed, and fertilizer, and if time allows, to let deliveries sit for at least a day in the event that coronavirus is on the packaging. Also, while I'm here, I just want to point out that our first Farmer Salute video of 2020 is dropping this Friday on our website. That is MidwestFarmReport.com. And we are shining the spotlight on Tina Hinchley of Hinchley's Dairy Farm in Cambridge, Wisconsin. Again, the first Farmer Salute video for the spring 2020 season will be up on our website this Friday. And that is thanks to our good friends at Rural Mutual Insurance Company, Mad City Power Sports, and the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Yesterday in Chicago, dairy showed signs of life. Barrel cheese was up a penny at 110. 40-pound block cheese unchanged, 112 and three quarters. Double-A butter up a penny, 126 and a half. Uh, talking about the overnight markets right now in Chicago, our December corn is currently trading up a penny and a quarter, 352. November beans are up five and three-quarter cents at 872. July wheat, that's up four and a quarter right now, 551 a bushel. Live cattle, feeder cattle, and lean hogs all had a good day yesterday in Chicago. May milk right now, a little softer, down 12 cents at 12.46. But June is up 24 at 14.04 in July milk. That's up 24 as well, 15.39 a hundredweights. Coming up next, telemedicine on the farm. Yes, even without COVID-19, it was technology that farmers were looking for. Now every pig has it. Details coming up. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. As our community deals with the current situation, Midwest Family Madison is committed to keeping you informed. Here's a few updates that we've received from local businesses and service providers. Avoid the grocery store and buy healthy, locally raised, grass-fed beef from Englewood Grass Farm. Visit their website at englewoodgrassfarm.com for more info and individual cuts, variety boxes, and bulk pricing. Drumlin Ridge Winery has carryout between 11 and 5. They'll continue to update customers through Facebook Messenger or call with any questions. drumlinridgewinery.com Phil's Pub and Banquet on State Road 59 in Milton is doing dinner specials Thursday through Sunday with take-home beer specials. Find them on Facebook, Phil's Pub and Banquet. If you have an update to add, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com, leave a message, and we'll get the word out. The best way to prevent the spread of disease is to avoid being exposed in the first place. Avoid touching your face. Remember, you're also touching other surfaces where the virus can live. For more information about coronavirus and how our community is responding, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com. 
You've heard about my personal interior designer, right? The one anyone can have free at Lazy Boy? My personal designer made elaborate drawings and spent months getting it just right. Okay, truth time. I scribbled some ideas on a napkin and she took it from there. How she perfectly captured the vision I had in my mind, I'll never know. Your secret designer at Lazy Boy does this all the time. People come in my house and they say, wow, it's all put together perfectly. And it really is. When you have an interior designer like I do, it all works together. But you probably couldn't afford something like that. You totally can afford it. In-home design services are free when you get gorgeous furniture at Lazy Boy. It all starts with a sketch. Sketch ideas and bring them to Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor. Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. She knows farming, and she'll put you in a headlock if you say different. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, as we head towards 6 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, don't forget to join us again tomorrow morning. We're going to talk with our friends from the Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville or the Rice Dairy folks down in Chicago. Get you the latest news on what's happening. Is dairy really beginning a bit of a turnaround? What about the livestock complex? So many questions that we've got to ask about how these markets are performing, and we'll do just that tomorrow when we visit with our friends from Commodity Risk Management Group and also Rice Dairy. You know, as we roll closer to 6 o'clock, you have to understand today, COVID-19 or not, Large animal veterinarians in rural areas are getting to be fewer and fewer and farther between. So if you're someone that's raising livestock and you need the assistance of a veterinarian, what can you do? Even if you're working with livestock that's a little bit more on the unique side, maybe sheep or goats or something like that, trying to find experts that know about those animals, that's really getting to be a challenge. Well, let's talk about telemedicine. It's not just something that humans are looking at as a way to get top quality health care access in rural communities. It's also the way a lot of farmers are approaching managing their animals at a distance. And I thought because COVID-19's got us all thinking about learning and handling at a distance, I'd visit today with Chris Baumgard. Chris Baumgard is a former veterinarian that took a look at what was happening in the industry and decided to get proactive, providing answers for farmers. What he came up with is called Every Pig, and it's an opportunity to use telemedicine on the farm. I asked him to tell me how he got started. The genesis of Every Pig really came from um, a part of my upbringing. I grew up in northwest Iowa in a town called Orange City, and my dad was a veterinarian who had started the Orange City Vet Clinic and was a large and small animal practitioner. And so a lot of my memories as a kid were driving around farm to farm with him and fixing prolapses and pigs and preg checking cows and vaccinating hogs and and doing all those things. And as I got older, I studied international business and didn't think I'd get back into agriculture. But as uh, fortune would have it, I saw a business model that my dad had started in 2008 where he was owning pigs with his small clients in the area that were having a hard time staying in business. And it was a great business model. And I said, Dad, I think I can help you grow this. And so I focused for 10 years uh, working in the pig industry 
growing and uh, RC family farms. And we got to the point where we were raising pigs on about 350 farms. And we realized there was no good system to recognize and respond to pig health issues in any sort of timely fashion. And that's really where the idea for every pig came out of. How well received has the idea of telehealth medicine in the animal industry been received, Chris? Well, it's been uh, a little slower process in expanding here in the U.S. than I thought it would be. Um, some of the initial reservations were, well, we don't think we can get our caregivers to do it. And oftentimes that was just an excuse because most caregivers that we know have smartphones or access to a home computer or a tablet. Uh, and we see about 80% of caregivers that hop on board every pig really need no instructions whatsoever from us. Uh, and those are users in their teens to their 70s. Um, but I think another one of the headwinds we faced was in the regulatory environment. Um, the FDA had has rules in place on what it takes to establish a VCPR, which is a veterinary client-patient relationship. And most states were interpreting that law to mean that they needed to physically visit a farm at least once a year to have a valid VCPR in place. Uh, and so some vets were a bit hesitant to um, practice telemedicine for a while, but some positive news I think that's coming out of the COVID situation now is the FDA last week relaxed those rules and is allowing for veterinarians to establish a VCPR remotely. And uh, we really applaud that move that the um, AMVA and AASV also um, supported. What, what can a veterinarian do over a tele, teleconnection, quite frankly, Chris, help walk people through this relatively new concept of how we can take care of our animals with a professional that is uh, quite a distance away. Sure. So most of the industry right now, believe this or not, is still collecting important pig health information, such as um, symptoms of the animals, any treatments that the animals have been given, any mortalities. On pieces of paper, that are stored in thousands of pig barns across the country, and oftentimes they get faxed into a centralized office once a month or maybe once a week, where they essentially get keyed in by the finance department and stuffed in a storage cabinet. And that daily information that's collected is incredibly important. These pig health issues can travel uh, and expand really fast. So... What we did is we created a digitized daily checkup. So instead of writing this information down on pieces of paper, caregivers of pigs on their phones or on their tablets or home computers are filling out daily checkups that are digitized. And that means that since they're digitized, we have structured data and context that we can offer users that are anywhere in the world. And so veterinarians can start to take a look at those digital checkups and take a look at historical information for that group of pigs. Um, and some of that information includes photos and videos, which is great from a biosecurity standpoint because the veterinarians are getting a great idea of, of the cough or the severity of a cough of a pig through a 10 or 20 second video. Um, we also get a lot of post-mortem images, which are helping veterinarians make diagnosis and cover a lot more farms in a day, as opposed to physically driving to that site. 
You make a good point about just the sheer number of large animal veterinarians that we've got available anymore uh, across the United States. And the issue of veterinarians that have any expertise, let alone hands-on experience, with specific categories of animals, be it Obviously, in Wisconsin, we've got plenty of folks that know dairy, but very few folks that know things like sheep or pigs. So I assume these veterinarians are really able to cast quite a wide swath uh, where their clients may be. Driving to three or four or five sick farms a day is a biosecurity risk, and it's a bad use of, of veterinarians' time. On our farm feed, which sort of looks and acts like a Facebook news feed, the veterinarians are recognizing and responding to dozens and dozens of events much faster than ever before every day. And so we're really trying to do a good job of a better job of educating people for how this is not something to be afraid of, but this is a tool to help you expand your reach. You mentioned uh, relaxation by FDA on what they'll consider as a veterinarian client patient relationship. Does that relate specifically to uh, what prescriptions per se those veterinarians can issue yeah so i'm not um a legal expert in this area so i I don't want to go too deep and try to get myself in trouble but Mm -hmm. yeah that's my understanding if veterinarians want to be able to prescribe medications um to a specific farm most states are interpreting the vcpr to require them to physically visit that farm once a year no so that would mean that in like in today's environment where we're pretty much all now in a social distancing environment where we're forced to work remotely or or will be soon, um, veterinarians couldn't take on new patients that come to them because they wouldn't be able to physically visit that farm. And so the FDA making that change, which hopefully they'll see needs to be a permanent change, really opens up a lot of these communities that you mentioned that have a veterinary shortage because the rural veterinary shortage is a a major problem going on in this country and others. And um, this should be a permanent move made by the FDA and something that opens up a lot of opportunity for vets. Pretty novel. That's Chris Baumgar. He is the creator of Every Pig, a telemedicine technology that's now connecting the nation's farmers with their very best veterinarians at a distance. And like Chris said, You can do it on a daily basis, help your animal care providers do better with every individual animal, or you can do it in a situation where you need quick answers but don't need that veterinarian to jump in their vehicle and be at your farm. Every pig. Telemedicine for the farm. And now you know. All right, we'll catch up with you. Same time, same channel tomorrow morning. In the meantime,